Hello and welcome to another episode of Speaking the 80s. Two gals born in the 70s grew up in the 80s, so we decided to do an 80s podcast. As always, I am your host Lorraine and I am joined by my lovely co-host Ray. Hey Ray, how's it going? Hey, how are you? Grant, how are you? Not too bad. Been interesting, very, very windy. (laughs) (laughs) Not in a biological way, I'm talking about nature. (laughs) Don't worry, we can edit that, Ray. (laughs) You can tell we're getting old because a lot of our conversation does revolve around the fact that how's the weather been? Oh, it's uh, yeah, but I I actually blame that on it us being British. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So for this episode, we're going to discuss a film that was released in the states on June twenty eighth, nineteen eighty five, but it wasn't released in the UK until November first, nineteen eighty five, and we of course are going to discuss Saint Elmo's Fire, and Ray is going to give us a little synopsis. Okay, well, St. Elmo's Fire was directed by Joel Schumacher and written by Joel Schumacher and Carl Kalander. Wow, that's a name and a half. I know. It it had a budget of around $10 million, which is pretty generous, considering there were no special effects or anything in the film. Oh, yeah. And and it ended up grossing $37.8 million worldwide, which it tripled its tripled its budget. Can't complain. No, you can't complain. St. Elmo's Fire stars the 80s Brat Pack royalty. Kirby was played by Emilio Estevez. Kevin by Andrew McCarthy, who we'll probably end up talking about quite a lot because he's in loads of films in the 80s. Yes. Yeah. Jules was played by Demi Moore. Alec by a very responsible Judd Nelson. So totally different to his character in The Breakfast Club. Okay, okay. But not responsible. But we will talk about that later. Yeah, we can talk. Well, he was the one that everyone went to, but we we will get into that later. He wasn't responsible in his pants. Just saying. Continue. (laughs) continue. Yeah, continue. (laughs) Leslie was played by Ali Sheedy. Wendy was played by Mayor Winningham. And Billy was played by Rob Lowe. There's also an appearance by Whit Publy, whose name always got me in the 80s, and Andy McDowell. Did, did you say her name was Mare? Yeah. Oh, I would have said Mar. No, I, not because I've heard it anywhere, but that's how yeah. I would pronounce <laughs> I always pronounce Mar with a double R or a single R. And mm. a mare, as in a horse. Female horse, M-A-R-E. Okay. Continue. Sorry. This this group of recent college graduates try to navigate their way into the real world as they struggle to manage work, relationships and all that comes with transitioning into adulthood. (laughs) So this was your pick and you're always saying how it's one of your all time favourites. When it came out in 1985, we were both 11. So I'm guessing you didn't see it immediately as soon as it came out and you're looking and you're thinking oh did I <laughs> no I, I I definitely seen it in the 80s though yeah but, but what, I don't so know what if... do you remember about seeing it in the 80s I remember absolutely loving it I in the 80s I think I think I was I was I kind of okay I was a bit of an 80s slut when it came to um, who I liked on this not not in reality far from it um, I was but, gonna say given how young we were in at the end of the 80s that would be no, a bit concerning I was very late to boys and stuff I mean maybe You're a late a bloomer bit, maybe a bit of a kiss here and there but apart from that no um but uh but with the you know with the likes of Emilio Estevez Rob Lowe and not Judd Nielsen because Judd Nielsen would have looked way too old for me whereas he always did yeah, but with with um, with Emilio Estevez and Andrew McCarthy, they kind of had that, and Rob Lowe, they kind of looked really young and cute. So I would have went for them a bit more when I was a teenager, not at 11 Rob, I went off. I was going to say Rob Lowe still looks young. <laughs> He's He looks good. Rob He's Lowe aged looks good. very, very well. Yeah, but you knew he would. You knew he would. But yeah, I, um, I, I've seen this film quite a lot over the years. Um, and... I was 
even though I know it quite well, I was pleased to, I was, I was happy to watch it again, but I won't go into what I think of it now as an adult until after, obviously. Um, but what about you? All I remember is the song. It sounds awful. I really do not remember ever seeing this film, but I knew the song. I know. It's that isn't not, even I, about the film. <laughs> no, I know. But I think that my, I don't know if it was because my perception, I lo- in the 80s, I loved the films that seemed to have a happy ever after. They were very lighthearted, very teenage happy because the 80s were a bit crap from my childhood from my childhood perspective especially Mm. 1985 so I tried to watch yeah I tried to watch the light-hearted stuff rather than anything that had serious undertones and this has yeah it was quite grown up it it was a very grown up you know what I mean that's the thing it was very grown up but at the same time there's a lot of aspects of it that are quite childish yeah yeah but I didn't obviously from a teenage perspective when I saw it you know at the beginning when you rent videos out and you Mm. see the promos for coming soon on VHS oh yeah yeah I loved that Mm. I loved the previews because you'd see the films and you'd go oh I want to see that and I saw the promo the advert for this and I never wanted to see it really yeah and I think it was purely because they were all older and they were talking about grown-up stuff which I didn't want to hear about any more than I was already hearing about it at home yeah I wanted escapism and this didn't offer escapism. Okay. So what are we going to do? Are we going to watch it? I think we should, <laughs> just so we can see. I, I'm, as I said, I really don't remember it. So, and I know that you love it. So let's go yeah. and watch it and then see if we still feel the same. And we're not going to sit and let the podcast run on for an hour and so hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> hour, hour and 50 minutes is quite a long one for the 80s. It'd just be... Uh, elevator music (laughs) okay and we're back we've uh we've watched the film ray how you feeling i still only remembered the theme tune (laughs) it was the only bit of it that i actually recalled i didn't recall anything about the characters at all and i'm probably happy happy about that how do you feel having yeah, I know. How do you feel having watched it again with through different eyes? Um, there were certain things that I seen. I mean, I remembered it, but I there were things I looked at differently, obviously, this time as a as an adult. Um, because while I've seen it quite a lot, I haven't seen it in a few years. Um probably I don't know what age I was, but like looking at it now like from a person in their 40s it, it's I still love it and I think it's a fucking great film but my god what a fucked up bunch of people especially they, Kirby oh my Kirby now that that was the thing uh when we were first talking about this one I watched snippets of it and what was the message I sent to you he's Kirby's fucked a fucking up cycle or something yeah it was yeah. Kirby's a fucking cycle he is insane that, so unstable no it is because that's one thing i i didn't remember is um the the scene where so i well, sorry this we kind of start at the beginning so basically yeah. um there's a group of kids they're going out into and they are still kids i know they've left they're 22 uni, but, but they're they look like they i think it's a typical thing isn't it where you're like you know once you're an adult you go through that stage and sometimes it happens in your teens sometimes it happens in your 20s I see it happening with some people in their 30s where they're kind of like all their friends are maybe getting married or having kids or they've got proper jobs like where they have to put on a suit, you know, those kind of stuff where they actually and by that by proper job, I mean, your wage means you pay your rent, your wage means you pay your bills. It's not just like I can go out and get pissed all the time, but it happens at this, you know, at 22, as you said, in this one. And it's it's something I think that a lot of people could watch and relate to because, you know, it kind of has all those characters that probably represent a lot of different people. You know, you've got yeah. your likes of Billy that does not want to go. Then you've got Kirby and yeah, but Kevin Billy doesn't. Billy is the one who really should have grown up. Yeah, no, no, I agree. he's married with a kid. Exactly, exactly. But you've also got like Kirby and Kevin who still live like they're students. But then you've got um, Leslie and um, Alex, Alec, Alec, 
who are moved in together. They've got their fancy jobs and all this kind of shit, you know. So you've got you've got various stages of you know because if if you looked back at some of the people you went like I went to uni as a mature student. So did I. Yeah, but I'm sure for people that went with you know left school left college at 22 there's probably groups of them who went off and became serious about their careers and their lives and all that kind of stuff and there's others who didn't which would would have been me in my early 20s I didn't take it seriously at all um and I think that it does do a good job of kind of representing that but at the end of the day no matter what path they kind of took they were all still pretty fucking messed up they weren't ready for it they were still playing at being grown-ups. Yeah. That was that is one of the things that came across to me. I mean, Kirby didn't know what he wanted to do. He was going to law school and then all of a sudden he meets Dale at the hospital mm-hmm. and it's, oh, I'm going to become a medical student now. Mm. He hasn't got his head on straight and his obsessive behaviour is terrifying. The, the bit, because we're talking about him now, the bit um, that I didn't remember that I really was like, mate get a get a grip is when he follows her on his bike in the rain and oh, he to that looks party through, and he looks through the window I was like mm. no you need to really take a step back and look at yourself mate because you've got a problem yeah that was his whole thing with her was just like don't get me wrong you know when I was younger I've had my you know, crushes where I think I'm never going to love again and all that kind of bullshit. But Jesus fucking Christ. He, dro- I mean, he drives through the snow, leaves his part, the party that he's having at his new boss's house, mm. drives in Wendy's car through the snow. And he's, I mean, when he phoned up the hospital and it was like, I'm holding this party for her. Yeah. And she's not showing up. Where is she? Give me her address. And it's like, oh my God, seriously, take a chill pill Christ, yeah, the, he was the, scary he was but the annoying thing about it was is when he lands there and I you know he stays over he's acting like a petulant child and um then the next morning he leaves and he kisses her and the kiss is so good she's like oh and you can see that she's kind of like you know she's taken aback and she's got all the flutters and I'm like no the guy's a fucking psycho and you know? he took that without your consent the worst bit was the triumphant music that was playing in the background as he drove away they kissed and then it's the a crescendo of i made it you know like the Mm. end of the breakfast club yeah but did you i did did it it was like what no you didn't um did you not think though because like to me he wasn't really part of the the group he was, I think he was only part of the group because of Kevin. Yeah, because, um, so, hang on, let me think, how does it, so let's, uh, I think maybe we could talk about the characters because kind of yes. break it down like that. So let's talk about, um, let's talk about Mare first. I liked her. Wendy. Wendy. I liked her and I felt, I felt sorry for her because she, I mean, she, she was the nicest yeah, she, she was also the one that was easiest to walk over. Exactly, and plus her her father had money, and but she was in love with Billy, who would be the worst fit for her. And you know, I I kind of felt like you know she was so wrapped up in him that she, you know I mean she wasn't in the kind of psycho way that Kirby was. No, like she 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 understood she understood that her feelings were almost pointless if you know what I mean and she also understood that they were bad they were bad for her yeah yeah and you know she doesn't like because she's a virgin in this and the way he keeps on to her about are you a virgin are you a virgin and she doesn't still a virgin yeah, yeah and like you know you shouldn't ask people that but um you know I just I just think the relationship between them two is I mean it's very toxic but he's the toxic one not her but she doesn't get like She's not obsessive about him. She no. just can't help that she has feelings for him. It's one of those things where you have feelings for someone and you know you shouldn't. And sometimes you let yourself be vulnerable around them and, you know, all that kind and of you, stuff. And you try any sort of fantasize about yes. it being different. Yes. And I think that's what... But then her family doesn't help. She's from a very, very orthodox Jewish family. Yeah. 
incredibly sheltered, the youngest child. Mm. And all her dad wants now, she's left university and she, Mm. well, college, and she is out on her own. She works in welfare. So she's giving back because she felt like she feels like she's had a lot. Mm. And she does a lot for charity and everything else. And all her dad basically says is, well, you won't need that when you have a baby. Yeah, she's grown up in a very traditional household where the woman basically the only real purpose for her his daughters is to bring men into the family to carry on the business yeah yeah but Which i like why they try and set him up with set her up with somebody is it howard and then yeah, she the gets pre- a car if she goes with yeah him, he, she he gets gives a, her a, if she gets engaged to him she'll get the car oh god could you imagine yeah, she's happens. like i don't love him i love billy <laughs> Yeah, but only after she finally says to him, like, I want to live, I want to, I want my own apartment. Mm. I love that bit with her when Billy comes over and she's like, you know, last night I went into my kitchen in my refrigerator and used my bread and made myself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And I think, I think that's the thing, like, you know, that's a sign that you're kind of going to the next level because you noticed, she noticed something so small. Yeah to make herself a sandwich but everything it was all her and I I thought that was that was that was kind of I liked that because that's really acknowledging what you got because she's you know she wasn't like you know in this big massive apartment and you know boyfriend and all this kind of shit she was like you know what I've made it I've got my fucking sandwich so now (laughs) we things can happen yeah and now we've said massive fucking apartment and loads of money and boyfriend let's talk jewels Oh, Jesus Christ. We have to talk about her sometime. I know, I know. She, um, Jules is played by Demi Moore. Jules is played by Demi Moore. And, and this is one of her, her first roles as well. Yeah, isn't it? she got the part apparently. She was walking down the street and someone spotted her, the, the director or a producer or someone spotted her and they just chased her. Joel Sch- Schumacher, Schumacher actually noticed her. Yeah, him. yeah, they chased her. And I mean, Drew Barrymore's, uh, not Drew Barrymore, sorry, uh, Demi Moore. Demi Moore she's I mean she's gorgeous then and she's gorgeous now um but yeah she she was kind of like the female version of Billy like she didn't want to grow up she just wanted the easy way um you know in her job when she was like in the days where you could get an advance on your wages like she, she had, was two she had two months advance yeah. on her salary and plus she was someone I think like Billy who relied on their looks Oh yeah, I think so. You know, look at that. Look at the whole scene where she is in that hotel room with the shakes from Dubai or somewhere that are paying her no attention. Yeah, but she likes to think that they are. Um, But um, yeah, and also like that scene actually, the one you're just saying, like she was trying to get Alec to come back to her apartment, and she's best friends with Leslie, his girlfriend. Yeah, I think she's the thing is. With her, she thrived on attention and yeah. it didn't matter who it was from or how she got it as long as she mm. had attention. So even when she is absolutely desolate, she's got mm. nothing because everything was purchased on credit. Mm. She, that's the thing, I think that she, in her, her way of not showing she hadn't grown up, was mm. daddy's going to pay for it all mm. by spending money she didn't have pretending she still had a job I thought something that was interesting with her though where you kind of see her slightly start to turn um stepmother no with um with Billy like when she gives Billy the like that scene is harrowing yeah that 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 was another scene I didn't fully remember and I watched and I was like whoa because like basically he you know, she's trying to talk to him and she's trying to talk to him as a mate. You she know, needs, she actually says, I just needed somebody to listen. Yeah. And then she, what she said to him, she goes, you, you break my heart or something. And like, he comes on to her very aggressively and, you know, it's. In this, term? in this day and age, it would be considered attempted rape. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, it was, <laughs> Being honest, it would be. It would. And when I was watching it, that's what I thought. I was like, you do not. You know, because she was saying, no, I don't. I mean, she was very clear in what she didn't yeah. want to happen. And 
he was I wasn't having any of it but I think I think as well and this this is by no means um an excuse on Billy's part I think the problem is is that she's spent so long just wanting the the fun the like she tried practically tried it on with Alec she just wants to you know she's yeah, promiscuous and all this kind she's of shit. a part-time girl she's a party girl yeah so I think I think when she actually didn't want to it's like he wasn't willing to accept it because that's never how she's been and again, well, I, not that that's an excuse, because, no. you know, if you've shagged someone a hundred times and the hundred and one time you don't want to shag them, they don't you don't have to shag them. But I think yeah. sometimes the problem is, is people see men and women. This isn't just, you know, I'm not just talking about men here, but men and women, they think, well, I've been with you because he's obviously probably snogged her before and stuff like that. But he's probably thinking, well, you're always up for it before. So why yeah. wouldn't you be now? Yeah, exactly. You know? I, I felt I didn't feel as sorry for her as I probably should have done. Oh, I did there. I felt sorry for her in that at that point. Oh, okay. But there were certain elements of her character that I just found so distasteful. Oh, God, yeah, she was horrible. She was drugs, drink, money. She had an affair with her married boss. Do you know the bit what that made me not like her? What bit? Is when they, so um, Wendy, Mara Winningham's character, was off doing like a soup kitchen and oh, they yeah. went and joined her. And she sat down and she goes, Look, the reason we're here is because we're really worried about you to Wendy. And they were like, Actually, no, we're here because um, we're, worried we're worried about, about you. you. Whereas Wendy should, uh, um, sorry, Jules should have turned around then and went, Oh, but I'm worried with you. I'm worried about you because of this. But she didn't. So she wasn't worried about her. She was just jumping on that. Basically, wagon. what would have probably happened is Leslie would have said something and she would have went, oh, yeah, I'm worried about that, too, when she wasn't. Because there's nothing to be worried about. Like, do you know what I mean? Because even though Wendy has this thing about Billy, she's kind of got her head screwed on about it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and she just kind of, like you said, she allows herself to kind of get into the fantasy and stuff. But at the end of the day, she's smarter about it. Well, you think about it, She, if she'd not been smarter about it, when Billy made a pass at her on her sofa. She would have went for it straight house, away. She'd have gone for it and there would have been no hesitation. Whereas exactly. when he tried to get under her skirt and he took the piss out of her girdle, yeah. she was like, no, this, is, this isn't what I want. This is not what I want or what I need. You are not the right person for me right now. But the thing that I think as we've talked about him several times, he's come up in both these girls' lives, Billy, jerk, yeah. gorgeous, but a jerk. Oh my god, he's so fucking good looking. When I was, <laughs> no, he is Rob I know. Lowe. I know. And even, Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe in the eighties was Lowe hello. Was Rob Lowe, yeah, Rob Lowe now is still hello. Jesus Christ! It's sometimes you look at people and you're just like, it's so unfair because it's not right being that good looking. Like, share the wealth. Let, let's yeah. all be good <laughs> you know but no I am um, when I was like I I remember having a crush on Rob Lowe but I used to hang around with a guy um I was really good friends with this girl uh well I still friends with her now but we were like best mates back in the ages Sinead her name was and she had a cousin called Keith and um he was now so that's the like, name you don't hear very often anymore <laughs> but he was so like Rob Lowe I used to think he was so like Rob Lowe and uh, I didn't fancy him or anything, but I used to just think he was so beautiful. And he was. And I, I don't know what he looks like now, but I'm sure he probably still is. Because um, uh, Sinead's aged very well. So it's her cousin. So he's probably aged well as well. Yeah. Um, but, but Billy, uh, he li- he lives on his good looks, to be fair. But yeah. he's he obviously not he knocked up a girl called Felicia. Uh, knocked when, up a girl, uh, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, we're in the 80s, so mm-hmm. why not? And she had previously been with somebody else mm. and he swept her off, Billy swept her off her feet and got her pregnant. Mm. So they, so he did the right thing. These are his words. And married the whore. His words again. <gasps> I, he, I mean, that, that was whore. outside the bar. Mate, you fucking got her pregnant. You were shagging too. Let, let's just say that right now. 
if you're shagging someone, she's not a whore because you're doing exactly the fucking same thing. Yeah, exactly. And he's worse, really, because he then, I mean, he gets in her face because she shows up at his concert mm. where he's playing the saxophone bloke. with another bloke. And I get the feeling that this other bloke is her boy, the boyfriend that she had before him. Oh, right. Okay. And he doesn't like it because like he, he wants, he doesn't want her to have anyone else. Yeah. But then you think about it just before that scene, just before you see her taking her seat, he's snogging Jules. Yeah. So that's probably why he thinks that Jules is fair game because they snog sometimes. It's just, it's, like every encounter with someone should be based on that encounter and not previous encounters. Yeah. And it, it, it's kind of doesn't make sense. Yeah, but I think one thing Billy does that kind of, um, again, like with Jules, I, cause I'm such a sap and I feel sorry for people um, is when he goes, but I know, I know like, even when I'm talking about bloody serial killers, uh, like I was chatting about Michael Myers <laughs> and she was like, it's Michael fucking Myers. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> um, so uh, um, with with Billy, when he goes back to university to get a job and they're like, oh, we could really do with someone like you. And he thinks, oh, great. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like to get to the get good drugs. Drug. And you could see his face just fell. So I think with some people, not with all people, but I think with some people is that they know they're fucking up royally and they want to change, but they just they just don't have it in them to change. You know? You'd have thought that his child would be enough of a. Oh Jesus Christ! Will we look at how many people fuck off on their kids? Yeah, like, I know. You know what I mean, Jesus. But that's the thing. He he even says to her, "I'm going to change. I promise you will see a change. There'll be no more. I won't. Mm. I'll give up drinking and everything else." Does he Ella's like? <laughs> no, he doesn't. And that you know, I'd like to say it's because he's only twenty-two, but it's not. I know men in their forties and. You know what I mean? That are acting like that. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just, oh my God. Yeah. It's just, I don't know how you can look at your child and not want the best for them. He's, <laughs> he is the most selfish of them. Well, mm-hmm. actually, it's, Jules. it's toss up between him and, actually, it's a toss up between him and Alec. I was about to say, and Alec. Because, um, yeah, because Alec, see, Alec's a strange one. Because Jules is being a bitch. But ultimately, mm. the only person she's answerable to is herself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She do, she doesn't have like a partner partner. But with, um, you mentioned Alec there. With Alec, I don't like Alec. I wanted, at certain points, I really wanted to kick him in the nuts. I didn't ever like Alec. And I'm not sure when I watched this if it was because I remembered what he did, that he cheats on Leslie, or because I just don't like him. I can't remember. But I don't think I... I think it's, it's nothing to do with Judd Nelson because I do think Judd Nelson is a good actor. Like I, you know, obviously uh, seen him in a few things, but with the, he's just, he plays prick really well. Like whenever you look oh, at, yeah. you look at Alec, you know, Judd Nelson, it's the same within the breakfast club. You're just like, you're such a fucking prick. Like, yeah, you're such that's a the thing. knobhead. I mean, <laughs> you say about the cheating being the thing that really put you off him. That was not the thing that really put me off him. No, it wasn't necessarily, it wasn't so much that, like, obviously the cheating is part of it. It's just him. He's just so fucking arrogant and his fucking whiffy hair and his face, <laughs> you know? Yeah, see, that's the thing. For me, it was his dismissal of Leslie's desire to wait to get married. And oh, that kids. was, oh, fuck you. And when he announced is it. Yeah, when he announces, oh, we're going to get you married. Twat. and it was, He actually, yeah, but it wasn't only, oh, she's agreed to marry me. It's, we're getting married on this date. It's like, what? Yeah, no, he was, he was such a dick. And, you know, when he's, because obviously Kevin's in love with um, Leslie. And, but we don't find that out until after this all happened. Yeah, exactly. But, um, uh, oh, yeah, because I, I was like, I knew it, but obviously I knew it because I'd yeah, watched it before. Yeah, because already seen um, it. But, um, yeah, so when he's telling Kevin that he's shagging around, he's basically like, you know, if she just agreed to marry me, then I wouldn't have to do this, basically. It's like it's you her don't, fault. Hang on a second. They live together. They share oh, a bed. So Jesus. what difference does it make that her surname is the same as his? Oh, Jesus. Jesus. It's, it's, but it's like one of those things, isn't it, where somebody, they convince themselves, like, I'm sorry, but if you were fucking around on your girlfriend, 
getting married is not going to change that. It's, it's not. kind of like a, it's kind of like a Band-Aid baby. Exactly. Oh, my, hus- my husband cheated on me, but I want him to stay. So I'm going to have a baby. Oh, that's a really good idea. Jesus. No, but he is. He's just. He's so he's so arrogant. And the thing is, as well, because he's got the job, he's the one with the job and the money. Yeah. He's the one. And he's doing the well. one. And he's the one who also helps Billy get continually get jobs that he loses very yeah. quickly. I mean, that last time he lost a job, it's because he was caught shagging his boss's wife in his jacuzzi. But Alec is about status as well. Like he's the one in the suits. They've got the fancy apartment. He goes on. He wants to be in politics and he's just. He also switches loyalties very, very quickly because he's a Democrat. Oh, yeah. And then he goes to all a of a sudden I'm going to be a Republican because there's more money in it. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, and when he, which is something, I think they call it, it's called gaslighting, isn't it? When, yeah. um, uh, when basically she finds out and Leslie finds out and, it's and he turns fault. on her, he turns on, like, I, oh, it drives me mad. It's like, if you fucked up, just, just own it, just own it. Do you know what I mean? I don't yeah. understand these people that they're literally fucking up in front of you and they manage to, they just won't own it. Yeah, but then the thing is, at the end of it all, right at the very end of the film, the last thing that Billy says to Alec before he gets on that bus to go to New York, long story how he gets there, but that's that's neither here nor there. He says, don't give up on her, get her back. It's like, what? Why would she want him back? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, because I I, I, um, I I like Ali Sheedy. I, I've, um, she's in a great film. I think it's in the 90s, though. It is in the 90s called Fear really good oh, I loved her I loved her in um there's so many things that she's been in that I've loved her and she was in psych as a psychotic killer she was brilliant mm. in it <laughs> seen that. but yeah so we, we have Leslie and obviously I think Ali Sheedy is one of the cutest women she's so fucking cute that's, yeah, that's she's, her look she's the girl next door oh yeah she's so cute like do you know what I mean and I, I even like saw a picture of her now and she she looks really good like do you know what I mean she, she, she age has been good to her she's aged very well um, actually, I, looking at them all, they all have. None of them, I never looked at. I mean, I, that's a terrible thing to say anyway, because I wouldn't do that. But like, you know, it can happen to us. We, when we age, we, we might not age the way we want. But I, I think, I thought they all look good. And bloody hell, Emilio Estevez is basically his dad now. Yeah, Like, it's is. really, it's it's really weird. Um, but Leslie, uh, oh God. I, Leslie, I just, I, I feel so sorry for that girl. And it, it's not because of Alec. It's because of Kevin. <laughs> Kevin, uh, that's the thing. I mean, Leslie finally had, for, for so much of the film, she was quite a bit, I felt that she was a little bit weedy and a bit weak. Mm-hmm. She wasn't, but she came across that way because mm. Alec was such a strong personality. He was and very overpowering. Stayed, and she stayed behind him. Mm-hmm. But as soon as she confronted him, when he announced to everybody and their next door neighbours that they were getting married, she finally stood up to him and said, no. What are we going to do about your extracurricular activities? And then again, yeah. he fucking turns it. He turns it. Well, if you'd, if, well, if you'd only agree to marry me, it wouldn't happen. It's like, n- no, it, it would have <laughs> still happened, you dick. Because you can't keep it in your pants. But she was very, very determined. Unfortunately, she turned to the wrong person to get comfort. Oh, mate. I and does, oh, boy, does she learn that in the wrong way. Right. Okay. Granted, like he, Kevin is Kirby psycho when he gets Leslie. Because like he's got the pictures in the thing. Stalker. He's been in, yeah. He's been in love with her for ages. And okay. They have a flame. Shouldn't have done it because at the end of the day, despite the fact that Alex a prick, he's still your he's mate. Kevin's best friend. Yeah, right. But then, oh my god, when this happens, I'm literally I'm squirming. I was squirming, and I it wasn't even me did to. And I love Andrew McCarthy, and he's as cute as fucking this film. But when they're in Jules's apartment, and she says she's getting up to do something, she walks away to do something. Leslie does, and he goes, "Oh, just a minute." You think. He's going to say something to her. He's going to ask her a question. And he runs up and he grabs her and he starts kissing her because she's going to be gone away from him. And I was literally like, oh, my, I'm going to vomit. I'm literally going to fucking vomit. It was the most, it was so fucking cringe. Yeah, and but it he, wasn't as cringe as what happens in Jules's apartment afterwards. When. Oh, you're on about when all the furniture's gone? 
when Alec, yeah, no, when Alec phones up. Oh yeah, so like, so yeah, so they so, so they do that kissing, and it, you could see how uncomfortable Leslie was. Like she's like, literally, would you just fuck off? I'm I'm after coming out of a relationship with the guy I was going to marry. He's your best friend. Give me five minutes because I, I'm, yeah. I'm not a fan of the um the relationship crossover. You know, I'm a personal believer. People may disagree, and that's fine. I'm a personal believer when you break up with someone take a bit of time before you get yeah. with someone else but anyway um so you can be a serial monogamist if you like but wait a bit <laughs> yeah wait literally wait fucking more than the, that day um so anyway so then yeah so Alec he and then he says to her, let's move in together and I'm like mate calm the f- down and then as you said Alec calls to try and make up with her yeah, but because Alec calls when she's moved. She moves in. in she goes yours. to collect all of her. If she yeah. goes to collect all of her stuff, and he's—I yeah. mean, what he's done to the apartment that was so beautiful in yeah. less than a yeah. day is disgusting. Mm. I mean, seriously, what a slob. And then she moves in with Jules, mm. and he's there. Kevin's there to help her, and Alec phones up, <sighs> and it's so- like, "Hello, you jealous little boys." Yeah, we just uh, tell him we're moving in together. Oh, fine. I've got, I was just like, oh my god, like, like the des. It's the. Do you know what it is? It's the desperation. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm not being funny. No man or woman wants someone that desperate on them. Desperation like, you know, is not attractive. No, it's not. <laughs> and I. This is an overall, overall th- a message to people out there. Desperation's not attractive. It's not no. attractive whether you're looking for a job, a house, or a partner anything yeah and like you know when 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 he does it he just he just oozes it and like why does she why does he think that that will that will work she's not in love with Kevin you know he was almost to get something out of her system exactly and plus you know when you when you feel like you know I've been in a situation before where a felt not my current husband, where someone was, um, you know, shit to me. And if another guy pays you a bit of attention, it makes you feel a bit good about yourself. Like, do you know what I mean? But it's not that you don't want to, you know, rush into it. Like everyone's so quick to rush into everything. Like, you know, I, I think you need to, I'm a personal believer that you need to know how to be on your own. And then your partner is a great person to have by your side, but you need to be yeah. on your own. If you, if you can't live without your partner, they're the wrong person for you. Like yeah. I, I just, See, that's, I, that's the thing for me. I think that that particular element of desperation is very indi- indicative or indicative of yeah. today's celebrity relationships mm-hmm. where five minutes they're with one person. Then five minutes later, they're with somebody else. And it's like, Oh, I didn't even know they were with them. Oh no, they're not with them anymore. They're with somebody else now and they're yeah. in love. And I'm thinking you've been with them five weeks. Seriously. I know. I know. I, uh, yeah, no, I've, I've, I, I've never been like that. Like, it's not that there's anything wrong. I mean, if it suits your way of living, then you do you, but I, I just, I feel like people need to be able to be on their own before they can be with someone else. You know, like I'd be, oh, yeah, I, I, I'd be devastated if my husband left me, but I'd be fine. Do you know what I mean? I get on with yeah. life, you know, but, um, I think like, I'd have more of a struggle adjusting to having somebody in my life. <laughs> be like I haven't seen you for two weeks you'd be like and you can see me in another week <laughs> yeah I'll see I'll see you in a month I'll be uh, fine <laughs> exactly but yeah so he he's Kevin's done all this and um it's obviously not going according to plan because Leslie you know she then realizes that she wants to like take a step back from both of them which I think is the good thing to do and kind of and it's weird because she's kind of walking with them and they're either side of her and they both want her you know but I think the difference is I think Kevin would be smothering but would be loyal and Alec wouldn't be loyal at all I think if she went back with Alec he'd still go back to his ways you know and I think Kevin would be unbearing the thing that's really irritating about Alec and his decision to cheat on her is that he cheats on her with a girl who helped her helped him to pick out underwear for Leslie that is the oh bit that's God. really disgusting. And he's the thing I think he boasts about it to Kevin. Yeah. So is that yeah. the point where Kevin thought, oh, here's my chance? I know. 
I know. Imagine going buying some boxer shorts for your husband and the guy's like, oh, hey, do you want me to try these on? Fancy a shag in the changing rooms? I'd be like, ew. Off. No. Unless he's Rob Lowe. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll, I'll make an exception. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's kind of um, weird. But one thing I do want to mention is um, uh, Wendy and Billy again. Yes. So when she moves into her apartment, and I think, so basically Wendy ends up losing her virginity to Billy, but it was the right time and it was done, it was done in a, in a good way. I don't, like, she was very on board. He wasn't pushy. He was very gentle with her, very sensual. Like, I think the thing is with Billy, with regards to Wendy, is he actually genuinely gave a shit about her. Yeah, he just he does care about her. And I think as well, the problem is, is maybe the reason he acted the way he did with her, not that this is any excuse, is he's used to being with women that are party animals and like, you know, they're just basically a different version of him. Whereas with her, yeah, with her, she actually, she genuinely gave a shit about him. And I don't think he knew what to do with that. You know what I mean? That's the thing. I mean, that moment where they actually do share genuine emotion when mm. she does sleep with him for the for the first and only yeah. time it's as though she's almost saying goodbye to the fact that she knows that they're never going to be together it's closure isn't it yeah it, it is that it is that moment of to use a therapeutic term it is that moment of closure she acknowledges that he is not the right person for her but at this moment in time she is going to take the opportunity to have what she niece, never will be able to have again. Doesn't he say to her, can I give you a present or something before I go? Or can I give you something before I go? He says yeah. something along those lines. And, you know, it's one of those things where um, I think obviously losing your virginity, it could be quite a, 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 a traumatic thing for a girl. Um, and the fact that I think having someone that you know does give a shit about you. They might not want to be your, your partner, but you know that they care about you. And the, and the way he did it, it wasn't just, you know, trying to get it in there, two pumps and a squirt, it's all over. He actually took his time with her. And not only that, at that point in time, he was free to do it. Yeah, exactly. Because his wife, he and his wife are divorced. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't. They actually got an annulment, didn't they? Yeah. He and his wife got an annulment and she is marrying somebody else. Yeah. And he, and he knew, knows that. Yeah. And he knows that he's not the right person to be in anybody's life right now. He's not ready for it. He's because he tells right her himself. that he's going, doesn't he? He tells yeah, her that, he's, he tells that he's going to New York. So she still has that choice to say, look, if you're not no. going to be here, I'm not going to do that with you. But I think I I, I actually liked that. And I thought I thought it was um, it, it kind of strangely, they turned out to be the the most stable Healthiest. friendship like do you know what I mean <laughs> stable relationship or whatever you want to call it um but it's but, because I, I don't think they expected anything out of no, it after no. all of that she, I think she that was she, realistic yeah yeah exactly she had the reality the knowledge that this was going to be her chance to find out a what it was all about I mean there's yeah. no denying he was probably very good at it so it wasn't going to be crap who wants their first time to be crap? I had one, but who does? Does anybody really want the awful experience? And so he was probably incredibly good. He's got a lot of experience and he knows what he's doing. Mm. And she has finally, we've already mentioned the conversation of this is mine. This is my home. Mm. This is my stuff. She is finally getting her feet and her confidence because she's mm. she stood up to her dad and said, look, I'm not going to be yeah. a rude man. And the I'm encounter was her man. way. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. be, I'm not going to marry the man you've picked out for me just so mm. you can have a card, card empire that I don't want to be a part of. Yeah. I have my own job. Yeah. I yeah. Career I want. Yeah. But that's the one that's one of the themes that came back several times in this film that were from different generations. Oh, well, when you have children, you won't care. It was very dismissive of female careers. Mm. The men yeah. were anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, no, but I, 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 yeah, I think like I, I do like at the end as well how 
you know, obviously Billy gets on a bus and he goes to New York. And I like how he says goodbye to her, the way he pulls off her hat and kisses her forehead. I thought that was really quite cute. Um, it was very intimate. You know what I mean? He wasn't going yeah. for the, it was just, it was just nice. Um, how you'd say goodbye to a friend that you care about. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and then they all kind of walk off and you can see that, you know, Alec and Kevin are trying to sign to re- kind of rebuild, rebuild their relationship. And Leslie is telling them what she needs, which isn't them. And Jules is like, I need to sort my shit out. And Kirby is going to school and Kevin you know, you know, they kind of, they all kind of realize. Kirby should be going to jail. Yeah, he's a fucking weirdo. Yeah, but maybe I think, although I do think so, partly that that kiss kind of got it out of his system. You know, because he seemed all right after that. He was like, yeah, I've done it. Not that he should have done that, but like, you know, it was. Um, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, he was a fucking joke. But anyway, um, yeah, so I think it kind of ended. You felt, I, I tell you, when it ended, you kind of felt like they were going to go and sort themselves out, you know? Yeah, part of me, it sounds weird, but part of me actually wanted them to all veer off to their separate ways because their their friendships weren't healthy. No, but they kind of did because they kind of went from, like, meeting at night, drinking, all that kind of shit. And then to meeting on said, a Sunday. I'll meet you for brunch type thing. You know what I mean? It wasn't let's go to the pub on Friday or Saturday night or a Thursday night. It was more... Um, See, that's you know, the thing. They were clinging to so many elements of school, of college, yeah. when they were going to St Elmo's every every night. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that's um, probably a thing, like I said, with lots of people. It's like you want to. I remember I remember like being in my late teens, you know, early 20s and going, this is how I want the rest of my life to be. I was working in a nightclub in the Channel Islands. I was partying all the time. And I was like, yeah, I'm never. I actually remember uttering the words. I'm never going to want to stop going clubbing. Oh, my God. I, st- I think I stopped. I think I stopped wanting to go clubbing when I was about 26. <laughs> yeah, but I remember saying that in my early 20s. I'm never going to want to stop going clubbing. And I the thought of going to a club, unless it's an 80s club, I'm fine. But it, the thought of going into a club, I just wouldn't go into a club now. Because like, the 80s clubs are older, you know, our age anyway. But um, but I remember And the music isn't it. just bump, 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 Exactly, bump. exactly. But I remember, I remember saying that. I'm never, I'm, I'm always going to want to do what I'm doing now. <laughs> Jesus, I'd be desperate. Thing, we, ha- we had very different 20s. In my 20s, I was working in a mental hospital for the NHS. Yeah, in my 20s, I typing was... Up, typing up psychiatric notes for a um, psychiatrist and a lawyer. Oh. Oh. No, I wasn't doing that. I was just drinking a lot. <laughs> that said, I used to go clubbing on a... Thursday night, a Friday night, a Saturday night. There you go. I'd go, I'd go clubbing on a Thursday night and go to work Friday morning with a hangover every week. Yeah. God. Um, but cool. So have you got anything else to add on cinema? I found the sex scene, well, the chronic use of drugs and smoking very, very interesting in comparison with today. I mean, oh, Andrew, yeah. McCarth- Andrew McCarthy constantly had a cigarette in his mouth. Yeah. And the use of, I think I'm guessing, cocaine. Oh, yeah. By Jules. Demi- by Jules and by Billy. Mm. After he'd said, oh, I'm not going to drink anymore to his wife, mm. he immediately goes in and <laughs> does a line of coke in a party. And they were so blatant about it. Yeah. Yeah, this film came out right at the start of the AIDS epidemic in 1985. It's when mm. all of the the publicity, no, the publicity, it sounds awful, but it was. I mean, you were in school the same as I was. How many times did you get shown how to put a, a, a condom over a cucumber? I have no recollection of ever doing that. Oh, we did that. We had sex education every single term for the entirety of my secondary school education. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember. But then I... 
And they were constantly giving us talks about safe sex and how if you slept with one person, you were sleeping with the person they'd slept with and the people they'd slept with and everything else. Kind of like the stuff they do for COVID now. If you touch that person, you're touching the person that they've touched and all of that stuff. I remember it was like, you're going to get AIDS if you sit on a toilet seat. You're going to get AIDS if you shake hands. You're going to get AIDS if you you hug them. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, there was so much misinformation. So much misinformation. But then people used to say you get pregnant if you sat on a toilet seat. Um, <laughs> I remember <laughs> we used to in Ireland. Um, there was a drink called Ritz. It was like a like a Perry. It was like um, a very light cider type thing, like and, baby um, sham. No, not like baby sham. It was more like because baby sh- baby sham is Perry. Well, maybe I don't. I didn't drink every time. Anyway, but apparently, if you drank Ritz, it didn't get you pregnant. You could not get pregnant if you drank Ritz. It's kind yeah. of like saying if you have sex standing up, um, but. <laughs> At this, that's the thing. I mean, my point with that was there is a lot of indiscriminate sex mm. in this, drugged up sex, drunk sex. And it was at the height of the moment when all of this was out in the open and people were saying, be safe, be careful. You see no signs of that in this. Yeah, no one being careful. So, um, Ray, are we going to mark it? Oh, God. Why are you oh god in me? I didn't really like it, if I'm honest. Really? I didn't like, I only liked like one of the characters in the entire cast, which doesn't really make for a film that I would sit down and go, yeah, I'm going to watch this again now. I've got a couple of hours spare. Who was the one you liked? I liked Wendy. She was the only decent ah. character in the entire film. She was. She was. Because, okay, so Leslie was she was a victim but she still slept with someone else and she could have said no she didn't have to say yes so what are you going to give it i'm going to give it 43 okay hang on a sec you're going to probably do the same with one of my favorites at a later date i'm going to give it 75 because it really is i just i really like it Despite all the bullshit, I just, I, uh, I do like it a lot. There were too, there were too many characters I wanted to kick in the nuts. You know, I wanted to kick in the nuts too, but I didn't, I didn't kick them in the nuts. But yeah, so I guess that's, uh, that's our little spin on St. Emma's Fire as adults. I, I will say one thing. The music was all composed by the man who is now married to Catherine McPhee. Oh, um, David like, Foster. David Foster. He used to be married to that model, didn't he? he Wasn't he married also to... married to the lead or something? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Yolanda, anyway. he was married to. Yolanda, that's who it was, yeah. As always, thanks for listening and don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your platform of choice, really. And if you want more behind the scenes or you want to drop us a line about this episode or any other episodes or make a suggestion, you can get us on Instagram, Threads and Facebook, which is a group called Seeking the 80s. And you can also email us at desperatelyseekingthe80s at gmail.com. And just want to say again, thanks for listening and we will chat to you again very soon. Bye. Bye.